Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Stargirl on DC Universe and the CW. This is the bonus episode bonus, for episode yeah. five, Our Man and Dr. Midnight. So if you haven't watched it already, check out the episode because we're going to talk about some bonus stuff. Some things yes. you didn't see in the episode. The secrets you didn't see. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes secrets you can't get anywhere else like how uh, the other side of stars because we only see this side of the star that we see because they're far away yeah they're flat right stars yeah behind it it's just all scaffolding that's exactly right yeah they're like um they're like lighthouses. I heard it's i heard it's fishing line mostly Ah, nice, 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 nice. Cool, 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 cool. So the two things that we're going to talk about this episode, first of all, we're going to talk about the scene that was deleted from the DC Universe airing to the CW airing. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about a little bit uh, Our Man and Dr. Midnight from the comics, things that we liked, issues that we liked, stories we liked, uh, things like that. Uh, So let's start it off with this deleted scene. Now, this episode, unlike the first two, is only about a minute shorter So I was Mm -hmm. very curious to see what actually was excised from the episode from DC Universe to the CW. Curious to hear from you guys. Justin, I know you had a thought of what might be gone. What were you thinking? Um, uh, Well, I... I'm always ready to cut a little section of Mikey's work. Like, I don't know if we need to see the whole Pumpkin family. Um, I think we get that he's he's, uh, he's pursuing some... uh, What about when he personified Frankenstein's monster? Personified. <laughs> wow. really? Thank you, first of all, for saying Frankenstein's monster and not Frankenstein like I did on the original podcast. Uh, and of course, uh, Frankenstein is the doctor. That'll really yeah. bite you in the ass, Alex, just on the on the Internet. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, I, thank you for coming in for this job. Uh, just one quick little thing. I noticed on a podcast one time about Stargirl, you called it Frankenstein instead of Frankenstein monster. How do you defend yourself? Um, not not guilty is yeah. what oh, boy. <laughs> wow wow um and you'll be fired from that um job as uh, Mary Shelley unfortunately yes i'm really gunning for it um i think we could cut uh maybe we lose mm, i did have an idea before but now i've uh, uh forgotten it i, I think i, we, think I we, know oh, what you got it's the uh scene where the parents are dragging it out saying goodbye to their kid from the beginning, they cut the emotional not. crux of the episode. Yeah. Okay, um, so Justin, your guess is Mikey something, and P, your guess is the emotional beginning of the episode. Exactly. What one is it? We right? Are we both right? Uh, yeah, you're both right. They cut all that stuff out. Actually, it's possible they might have done some other trims here and there that I didn't necessarily notice. But the big scene that was missing, which I really do not think changes much at all is Rick bringing the kegs to the dudes before. Ah, the party. Oh, that's I, good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we were talking about this because we didn't talk about it in the first podcast. So I'm glad we're talking about it in the second one. Uh, you can't then, you know, there's a deposit when you get a keg. And if you crush a keg like that, first off, now you can't drink out of it. Way to go, fucking Rick. I think that was uh, an empty keg. Well, then why is it such a big deal he can pick it up? Because he's like, look, I can pick up a keg. It's like you can anyone can pick up That's an empty true. keg. That's true. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, now you can't get the, your uh, deposit back. So, yeah, you're really killing it, Rick. Wow. Why don't you go punch a truck and cause some more damage for no goddamn reason? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad when they got to that scene and I saw that it was missing, I realized how extraneous that actually was. Like, you're establishing... Yes. Rick is angry. You're establishing there as a party with drinking, but all of that stuff you can pick up on. I was worried, but that where they were are you going to get the origin story of Gizmo? Huh? You just see a drunk guy, and you don't really know he was the one who got the kegs. You know what I mean? You mm. need Gizmo's origin. Yeah, you could look at that. You could look at that character's part of eyes. The script. Go ahead, Justin. No, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> no, no, no. How about I'll do my joke and then you do your joke? Great. Okay. okay. What I was going to say is you need to see the part where the, the guy uh, purchased him at a weird store in Chinatown and then brought him home. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say you can really see the gizmo in his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who just carry around that, uh, the magwai uh, <laughs> deep down in their soul. And that's what that guy was a human magwai. Yeah, we don't usually talk about this on the podcast, but Pete, you do an amazing job singing the Gizmo song from the movie, right? I don't know what you're talking about. When he goes... When he's singing. That was... uh, It brought me right back to it. Yeah, before the Gremlins show up. You gotta watch that You've done a deep uh, reading of the Gremlins movie. You're like a professor of Gremlins. I teach... I got my PhD at Gremlins, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Cornell. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I want to decide my own major. You don't even go here. (laughs) Uh, When do you think Uh, you're going to move on to your your Gremlins 2 uh, doctorate? Oh, God. That movie could uh, die. I was about to say something much ruder. There are two types of people in the world. The Gremlins people and the Gremlins 2 people, and there are no people who are both. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm glad. I was getting worried that they were going to cut something like Sydney scenes, because I feel like those have gone for a couple of episodes to the point where you really don't. If you're watching on the CW, you don't really have a sense of the character at all. So I'm glad they left that stuff in, even though that's a little stuff, because she's obviously going to be important going forward. I also thought maybe they're going to cut the creepy janitor again. No. but. No, he's still in it. He's, he's still in it. Be such it. a huge reveal. Yeah. So just one scene. Uh, now, there are going to be other episodes down the road that are going to have more, much more cuts. So we'll definitely recount all of that. Uh, but for the rest of the time we have here on the bonus episode, let's talk about the two superheroes. We touched on them a little bit in the main podcast. Uh, but Our Man, Dr. Midnight, both members of the Justice Society of America in the comics. Justin, you mentioned an issue of Starman. I think it was yes. number 11 number that 11. had that good Our Man story. Uh, I wanted to call out, you probably actually remember the name of the issue better than I do, but as I mentioned, I've been rereading Starman as well, and there's this great issue where Jack Knight Starman, every year his brother, his dead brother, visits him in his dreams, and there's Talking one year... David. 
uh, he brings in the rest of the Justice Society to talk to him. Yes. It's this gorgeous, gorgeous issue. And it's not specifically an Hour Man issue, but they do have all of the dead heroes talk to him. And it's just like two-page breakdowns of exactly who these characters are and what their fatal flaws were. And for Hour Man in particular, it just works so, so well. So... I don't remember what issue it is. I think it's in the 30s or something like that, but it's great. Peter, yeah. Are there any Hour Man stories you like in particular? Um, I'm not. Hour Man wasn't really my my dude. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I never was like, oh, I, I don't like this character. I thought Hour Man was cool. Uh, that is uh, number 37. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's a great issue, and that's almost a done-in-one if you just want to pick that up, if you're listening. Uh, another Hour Man thing that I think is really good, and this happens in Jeff Johns and David Goyer's run on Justice Society of America, is I think it's Rick Tyler is currently Hour Man, and his dad, Rex Tyler, is dead, but he is taken to sort of like this pocket dimension for an hour in the moment of his death by the android version of Our Bad, which is a version of Our Bad for the future. And so he's given this pocket of an hour where his son can visit him and talk to him. But every time they're there, the hour starts running out. And it's just this running thing throughout a lot of a good chunk of the run that has nothing to do with like the super strength or anything like that. But it's just they have a little ticking clock in the quarter and it's so emotional and it's so good. Um, definitely recommend checking that out as well. Yeah, man, it's fucked up that when you call yourself our man, time becomes a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything's always ticking down. Yeah. That's why Pete, you're called Mr. Clocks, right? Because you all know. Yeah. Well, uh, that, uh, they call me one hour photo (laughs) because you like the Robin Williams movie. You goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) What a, uh, what a bummer. (laughs) What a bummer of a nickname and movie. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about Dr. Midnight as well. Uh, This is somebody that I don't really know outside of Justice Society of America at all. Uh, Are there any books or titles with the character that you've checked out? I don't know if Dr. Midnight had uh, much of a solo career um, in the comic book game. Um, But yeah, I do think... I mean, Dr. Midnight's one of those heroes that sort of is always like, oh, uh, Dr. This, he'll be good with this one little part of the mission because his sole thing is he can see in, at night and he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's We talked about this on a previous podcast. I don't remember which one, but one of the things, again, that's great about the JSA run that Jeff Johns did is they actually use Dr. Midnight as a doctor, which most of the time it feels like you get a doctor character and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm a doctor. You know, all science. Like, you need a science thing? I'll do the science. I understand all yeah. of it. But Dr. Midnight is like, no, I'm a very good surgeon. <laughs> That's what I do. So if something terrible happens to your body, I'll work on fixing that. And Mr. Terrific will stand there and be like, I don't know if you could do that. And that's kind of all of those scenes. But there's another great plot line that runs throughout where, like, towards the beginning of the run, Dr. Midnight and Black Canary kind of start dating a little bit like they go on two or three dates and they like talking to each other and they have a good time talking to each other but then black canary leaves 
I think because she was joining Green Arrow over on the Green Arrow title. So she leaves the Justice Society. And then Dr. Midnight's whole motivation after that is like, I am emotionally wrecked because Black Canary left and I just can't relate to any other human beings at all. And I throw myself into my work. And then to just like drive it home even farther later on during, um, I think during the first Black Adam storyline, Black Canary comes back. And it's like, oh, that meant a lot to you? I thought we were kind of just having fun on a couple of dates. Mm. And it's Oof. awful. It's just like absolutely emotionally grueling in the right way. So to your point, Justin, there's not like a lot of Dr. Midnight necessarily. But if you want to read a really good version of the second version of the character, not Charles McKnighter, but the guy who picked up his mantle later on, uh, yeah. Justice Society of America is the way to go. Peter Cross, um, I believe is his name. Um, and one thing that uh, the, we see, we saw the owl. Um, there's always this thing of uh, Dr. Midnight has owls. Yeah, uh, that's also there's an owl still at that place where they stole the stuff from, by the way. No, no, no Courtney ben- stuffed the owl into the duffel bag. Yeah. Oh. You hear it occasionally going like. Sound like Gizmo for a second. Yeah. Do you. <laughs> Do you think Beth just needs to hold her arm up um, and just hold it there, and eventually oh, the owl awesome. just like show up? It's like when Thor holds up his heads and Mjolnir takes a while yeah. to get to him. Yeah, yeah, but and, longer uh, with an owl. Of, and that's why I hold my finger up, and if I do it long enough, a little bird will land on my finger. <laughs> oh, you're, well, you're a princess. Oh, that's I right. thought I thought you said your child was going to come over and pull it if you hold it up uh, long enough. You thought I said that? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. Ahead. No, I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything. <laughs> well, the other um, the, the other stuff about uh, Doctor Midnight in general is um, the blackout bomb. I'm curious if they'll use that, which is like like a basically like a squ- squid ink, but in gas form. When they're uh, so it could just black out a room, say, full of villains. I wonder if that's mm. something they're going to do in here because I think that does give Beth more to do besides just be like answering questions about stuff. If she has <laughs> some sort of weapon. Yeah, exactly. Beth is like having an Alexa in the corner of the fighting room. Yeah, but once Beth gets her owl, then she'll be really, you know. But I don't know what the owl doesn't do much. They can attack yeah. people, I assume, right? Pack their eyes yeah. out and whatnot. Yeah, I guess. surveillance, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, if there's any mice, I'll eat them up. Mice. <laughs> yeah. Are any of the Injustice Society members mice? I don't remember oh. specifically. Well, we don't know yet because this, these new characters, this new generation of villains, there could mm. be like a mouse, a mouse man or like a bunch <laughs> of mice in a human, in human clothes. Yeah. yeah, could be. Any of that is completely possible. Folks, thank what's you for your, listening What's to- your weakness, mouse man? Owls. <laughs> I Don't thought you were going to say cheese <laughs> I mean that too Beth Both. could Google that She'd be like, wait a second, mice like cheese <laughs> Chuck just told me Thank you so much for listening to our bonus podcast Folks, as usual, we'll be back Monday With a full-length podcast Talking about the next episode of the show In the meantime, if you want to support it Patreon.com slash comic book club Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7pm To Crowdcast and YouTube Come hang out, we'll chat with you about Stargirl 
iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Star Guys Pod socially on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We put up plenty of stuff all the time there, so go check that out. See you next time on Star Guys. Squeak. Squeak. I'm Pete. Mouse man. <laughs> 